Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will preach from Mark, verses 24 through 30. People came to Jesus in droves seeking healing, and he healed them. But this time, a woman came begging that he would cast a demon out of her daughter, and his response was, no, not for you. Shocking? Confusing? Raises all kinds of questions? Yep. Here is Pastor Jim to walk us through the context, the background, and the meaning of this strange event in today's slice of the message entitled, Crumbs Under the Table. Now it's true Jesus' ministry was to the Jews. Jesus is reinforcing to his guys that that's what they're there for. But the crumbs of the gospel, even during the ministry of Jesus, did indeed fall in the direction of certain Gentiles during his ministry. And Jesus ascertains that this woman is one who is hungering for the bread of life that only he can give because he is indeed the bread of life. And Jesus is explaining that he wasn't getting involved with this woman in general because it's not yet the time for Gentile salvation on a broad scale. So he says it straight out. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now it's true that by this time, the leaders of Israel had rejected him as publicly and definitively as they could. And it was, it was going to be quite a while now, many years until... Uh, well after the cross and the resurrection, that it was going to be some time before the gospel would go primarily to the Gentiles. But this gracious response to this Gentile woman, this individual, is like a preview of the coming attractions when the gospel will go to Gentiles. And it will flow freely to the Gentiles. Now, when Jesus explained about going only to Israel, apparently He said it for all present to hear. His disciples heard it, and the woman heard it. Now, to the woman, He, he wasn't being hard-hearted. He wasn't being arbitrary. He has a divine purpose in everything that He says. So, on the one hand, He's assuring His disciples that His plan, God's plan for redemption is still on course. Guys, I'm not doing something fundamentally different than what I told you to do here. This is the plan of God. And I'm going to continue to call Israel to repentance. Even though the leaders have rejected, there will be individual positive responses on a personal level. Even though the nation has turned. Even though the nation is going to be set aside. So that explanation was probably kind of comforting to the disciples, but think of what a gut punch that was to this woman. She's desperate. She knows Jesus is her only hope, the only one who could truly help her daughter. And she believes He is indeed the Savior, the Savior of the world, and that here He is 
responding as if he's not going to help her at all. But she persists. Her persistent faith leads to the part we've all been waiting for, the favorable response, verses 29 and 30. And this is another one of Jesus' miracles, and we've seen several like this, where He does the miracle without being physically present at the location that the miracle happens. It's one of His remote control miracles, as I like to call them. Mark 5, 29 and 30. And he said to her, because of this answer, you, you, you thought this out, okay? I told you this isn't the time for Gentiles to get the stuff. And you said, yeah, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the children, from the table. Because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. He did it in that instant. And going back to her house, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having left. That's a great display of power. That's a a cool event. It's another one of those Jesus stories you can add to your collection. But there's something really good here. Beyond that, one more time, I... I want us to look over to see what Matthew says about this woman. Because there's a lesson here beyond the distinction between Jew and Gentile, beyond the the dispensational eschatological merging of Jew and Gentile together in in the body of Christ and and the plan of God and the times of the Gentiles. We could go lots of places and my theological bones would be tickled by that. But there's a lesson here that's far more personal. In Matthew 15, 28, part of his answer, Jesus said to her, O woman. Boy, when you first hear those words from Jesus and you've been pushing it, she she might have cringed. (laughs) But he kept on, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed once. And then put Mark with that. She goes back home, finds her daughter peacefully lying on the bed. The demon is gone. Now, I want you to lock in on what Jesus said to her. Your faith is great. We've gotten a pretty good glimpse of this woman. And since Jesus says about her that her faith is great, there must be some things here that we could figure out are the things that makes Jesus say someone's faith is great. What are they? Well, here's your lesson. If you want to have great faith, it starts with coming to Jesus like she did. Realize that you have absolutely nothing of sufficient value to commend you to God. You have to see the awfulness of your sin before you will ever know the magnificence of God's grace and mercy. In other words, how did she first come to Jesus? She came humbly. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
for my daughter is cruelly possessed. One thing you can tell about great faith from the example of this woman is the great faith is humble. We come seeking God's mercy. We don't come to cash the check for what He owes us because you don't want what He owes you. He owes you your wages, and the wages is the wages of sin, and that's death. The only thing you want from God is mercy, and you desperately need it. Something else you'll learn about great faith from her. Great faith turns to God. It was, um, what's the movie? Um, Polar Express. You know, and and it, you can only hear the bell if you believe, right? And now people are putting signs in their yard for Christmas. Believe. Just believe. It matters what you believe. Trust me, it does. And what does she do? She addresses him, O Lord, Son of David. Lord means master. To call him Lord means that you identify yourself correctly as his slave. God is sovereign. He is in control. He is the creator, the sustainer, and the provider, and the master. You are the creation. You are the one who needs sustenance. You are the one who depends upon Him for your provisions. You are the slave. You need mercy. That's how you come to God. So great faith turns to God as He has revealed Himself. Something else you see. Great faith is not ashamed or afraid to approach the Lord. It's another principle you can see. When, when, when you realize what I deserve from God is judgment, and I can come to Him as the Lord, and I can come as the beggar, I can come as the needy one pleading for mercy, you don't need to be ashamed or afraid to approach Him that way. I love what Hebrews 4.16 says, Draw near with confidence to the throne of What? You know, we think of the throne of Jesus, the throne of God. Who sits on a throne? The King. But the throne that we come to, the one where the sovereign King of the universe, King Jesus, sits, come to the throne of, you know the next word, grace. Because that's how the true God responds to true faith. Draw near with confidence, says Hebrews 4.16, to the throne of grace to receive mercy. That's what she asked for. And find grace in the time of need. That's what great faith does. Humbly turning to God, unashamedly approaching Him for mercy. And we see also from her... In her great faith, this woman persisted. You know, I I don't know how hard it was for her to find Jesus when He came, but she found out where He was. She comes there. Oh, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me, for my daughter is greatly possessed. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.